0: Having recently searched for all things come taste the band in uh, deep purple folklore, and also recently uh, or currently reading a book about Tommy Bolin for review in a magazine I write for, my interest, of course, was piqued. And I knew very well Teaser, which is the album which he was already working on when he joined Deep Purple and had an agreement which later came to be problematic regarding working on their album and his album at more or less the same time. But after the band finished, in a very messy way, I know that Tommy Bolin, in, in a previous interview had said, I, I, I don't know if I'm in the band or not, I think I still am. No one's really told me I'm not. Glenn Hughes famously didn't know he was out or didn't know the band were we're finishing. He went. To, he was at a wedding and rushed over to David Coverdale and said, "I'm better now. I'm, I'm better. I can't wait to start working together again." And Coverdale had to say, "Well, you do know that I'm I've left the band, don't you?" Anyway, this is after all of that, so this is really Tommy Bolin's first work outside of a band, outside of the James Gang, and outside of working with other people like like Billy Cobham in, in Spectrum uh, and Alphonse Mouzon on his um, also jazz funk album, so it's really in a way his, I suppose first solo work, and only solo work because it has some kind of mystique about it, cachet about it, because he sadly uh, died during the tour to support this album he went he was opening for Jeff Beck at the time because I think, and I think the reason why I say it is really only truly solo album is because the work that he was doing on teaser was um, work that he was doing while he was also working with Purple. This is the the album that he, he's been working on completely alone and it shows the eclecticism of him. It's very difficult for him in Purple to obviously to um, to stand in those um, those shoes, those Richie Blackmore shoes, and it was a different kind of player. They produced a different kind of music too, and I think fans were uh, rather cheesed off with that, in my view. I think also there's, um, I think also there's a bit of an issue regarding um, some of the, some of the way he played. You know, he has a, a freer way of playing. He has a lighter way of playing and the music in general is lighter on its feet, which certainly makes tracks when they played them on that tour um, like Smoke on the Water, less of a thumping rock track, less monolithic and more a track you can work with. It has more lightness to it. Now, I like that because I'm sick and tired of Smoke on the Water, to be honest. But um, I'm not sick and tired of hearing about Funky Claude running in and out but I think it works in a very interesting way with Tommy Bollin. And this album shows, within a parameter, yes, this is a 70s rock album with an eye on the charts, but it shows the kind of funk and soul influences that he was showing, you know, um, when working with Cobham and also working on those albums, those two albums with, the Jay- with James Gang, you know, uh, Miami in particular. And I think that... It's an overlooked album, this one. And it has some lovely, lovely stuff on it. So it's good to revisit and have a look. When you hear the syncopated feel and the almost cabaret feel of the opening track busting out for Rosie, you can be under no illusion that this is not a purple retread. This sounds more like a Santana, but even lighter on its feet feel, a lithe feel there, it has a an almost Hawaiian Keening guitar solo and famously Bollin was was pushed towards the Hawaiian guitar of course he was and he um, he rejected that but this has a, a kind of feel there when the, the, the female swelling backing vocals uh, are added and the soul horns kick in this is a superb mix and it doesn't get lost in itself which we can't say with all the tracks on this album but this is a, certainly a great opener and shows where he was regarding rock and pop. He's not afraid to say, dipping into the pop feel now. Certainly not with Sweet Burgundy, which follows it. There's not very much to it, but it's a, a nice chart 70s tune. However, he can throw in a nine minute post toasty, which apparently is uh, around um, a, a drug addict's lament. Um, certainly has a poignancy regarding um, Tommy Bollin's personal um, issues around, around narcotics and being a compromised musician as John Lord very sweetly described him. This is nine minutes but it doesn't feel like you're just soloing for no reasoning here. It has a lovely clear guitar tone all the way through but it's very low slung and it has time for two bass solos. Now you'd think Okay, this is a bass solo, this is a this is a Derek Smalls. He wrote this bass solo going on here and very boring, but it's not. It's really syncopated, it's really funky, and it just breaks down to have that moment of funk to get you dancing. It's a long exploration, but you don't feel that they're ending up in a cul-de-sac here. It has a very choppy guitar solo, and the organ comes in, Base comes back in, it's a great tune, nine minutes of real exploration, but they always know where they want to do. So they never end up somewhere where they look at each other, shrug, and then carry on. He can also give us Shake the Devil, which is a gentle skank, there's a sax solo in there. And then he unpacks later on, just because he can, a beautiful, huge, flowing rock solo. He really inhabited the music of the day and that's some, a real feature of his work here He doesn't feel like he's ruling anything out because you have Gypsy Soul too which has a lilting um, but very funky and open Doobie Brothers feel, really Then later on, it turns into a bit of a salsa but it still has that Yacht Rocky feel to it. And then just when we were thinking, well, he's not giving us that kind of open-faced, glam, stomp feel. There's a kind of bump and grind stripper vibe to the final track, You Told Me That You Love Me. It's a wonderful album, this, and he was working with a band that he knew um, Carmine Apice is on here, uh, not all the way through, but he's he's on here. You've got Bobby Bobby Burge on percussion and drums. Generally, he could trust him. And Bobby Hall was on was on percussion too. You know, you've you've got Tommy playing quite a lot of the stuff. He relied on Reggie McBride for his bass, and that has a kind of uh, funky and jazzy feel to it. And there is a general sort of jazz feel to this. His voice isn't a thing of sinuous strength, we're not talking about Ronnie James Dio here or even Gillen or Coverdale, but it serves the souls. It's softer, he's not a singer as such, in inverted commas or with a capital S, but it serves the souls. and the songs are not there either to say, here is a guitarist who's gonna knock your socks off by showing you he can put 400 notes in 20 seconds. It's not like that the solos are there either fitting in and locking into the song or there is a counterpoint to the song to say and we can go here as well it's a lovely piece of work it has an open-handed feel and an open-ended feel the open-handed stuff is because it's so sweet and nice to spend time with the open-ended feel because he's worked with jazz greats so often he is a sort of fusion man, but he's not coming at it from a jazz basis, he's coming at it from a rock basis. So you get a different feel to that. And that's really interesting and important. And it's it's lovely to see the work he did. And all we can say is, where would he go? Where would he have gone? Had he have survived? Would he have been compromised? As John Lord said, as a musician, or would he have actually Fought through that and produced some more stunning music. This is a great album which has been overlooked because people say, oh Tommy Bolly it was just, he's really deep purple and they just tried something and it didn't work. And it was so bad they even split up and then they came back in 84 with the proper Mark II lineup. That's not the way it is at all. Come Taste the Band is a brilliant album. It's a different deep purple album and I don't even agree with John Lord that it's not a deep purple album. It is, but with a different kind of influence and these this solo album shows just how special Tommy Bolling was as a writer and as a performer it's effortless here and he throws stuff in and enjoys himself it's a four and a half out of five and who knows what would have happened if only he'd give it up that stuff ta-ta